Good morning, everybody. It's May the 4th, and uh, today we're looking at the fifth chapter in the book of Acts. And at the end of the fourth chapter, Barnabas, and everybody needs a Barnabas. Barnabas means the son of encouragement. Uh, he bought a field that belonged to him, and he brought and laid the money at the apostles' feet because the apostles are sharing everything in common. And then in chapter 5, we have the opposite story. And that is a man named Ananias and his wife, Sapphira. And they sell a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, um, Ananias keeps back some of the proceeds. And he brought only a part and laid it at the apostles' feet. And we might think, well, where is the crime? Uh, they sold their property. They gave part of the proceeds. But this is a cautionary tale. Um, he is lying. So Peter says to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the proceeds? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not yours at your disposal? How is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and died. And a great fear came upon all who heard it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Wow, this, this scares us. It's a, um, it's a frightening penalty. Um, if you were going to give a gift, give everything that, uh, that you say you're going to. Uh, and we, it's hard for us to make sense out of it. It just seems so harsh. And then it gets even tougher. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And, and she says, yes, for, for that price. But Peter said to her, how is it you've agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Hark, the feet of those that have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and died. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside their husband. Boy, those young men were busy that day. And a great fear came upon the whole church and everyone who heard of these things. Wow. I... I'll just have to be honest and say this is a, a hard text to, uh, to understand. It seems like Ananias and Sapphira are believers. It seems like they are sharing their goods. But um, the penalty for not giving all is death. Wow. This is uh, it's one of those texts we have to sit and let's sit and say, what? What could it mean? What, what is this cautionary tale? Okay, Barnabas gives everything freely and puts it at the apostles' feet. And now this couple, Ananias and Sapphira, keeps some back. Um, and again, Peter does say, it was yours. It was yours to sell. It was yours to keep. But you promised and said that this was all that you had. Wow. Um, just a, a cautionary tale. 
Watch out. Don't pretend to be something you're not. Be absolutely honest. And, um, and what a, a story. But we do understand this frightening story in contrast to Barnabas, the previous chapter, who had, who had sold what belonged to him and brought and laid the money at the apostles' feet. And again, the, the scripture is that they each shared uh, all that they had and gave out each according to uh, each person's need. Uh, the next verse, verse 12, says, Now many signs and wonders were done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high honor. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, so that they even carried out the sick onto the streets and laid them on beds and pallets, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. What a beautiful healing ministry the church still has. You've noticed, of course, that, that to this day, our hospitals or St. Joseph or St. Vincent's or Methodist Health or Baptist Hospital, it's because the church has has always been a forerunner or a, or, a, or a place of healing. Now, our congregations, we're not gathering now, but when we start gathering, if we're honest, we will bring our, um, our sick together. And, and by this, I'm not talking about physically sick people. Um, but I'm talking about we will bring our people who are suffering from depression, our people who are suffering from loneliness, our people who are suffering from the doldrums, our people who are um, perhaps suffering from a mental disability. And, and truly, every one of us is disabled in some capacity. So we all bring who we are to the Lord and we ask for healing and wholeness and the word salvation means to heal and the um, the the whole notion of, of being whole and being holy is being healed emotionally physically spiritually um, my prayers go out to a doctor from illinois that was on i forget what network news it was on last night but uh, he was being interviewed um, and his response to the, the pandemic, and he said, I am utterly physically and emotionally exhausted. And I think of all the healthcare workers now who were utterly and physically and emotionally and spiritually exhausted from the, the death they faced, from the challenges they faced. And my prayer is that that you and I might in some way reach out to them. I've been told that in New York City at 7 o'clock when, when they go out, when the people raise their windows and their high-rise buildings and clap, that it means a great deal to the, um, to the, to the health professionals. Um, I noticed a sign up at, uh, 
at CHI or, or St. Vincent's here in Hot Springs, uh, and it said something like the home of heroes. Um, I know that the uh, church, the Christian community, has gathered on a few occasions at, at CHI and, uh, and held kind of prayer vigils. But um, if anything, this COVID, this pandemic, it's, it's making us more appreciative of our uh, healthcare workers and, um, and the grocery workers and, and the janitors and all the people that we may sometimes take for granted. Now the, uh, the next verses, chapter 5, verse 17, the high priest rose up and all who were with him, and that is the party of the Sadducees, and were filled with jealousy, and they arrested the apostles, and they put them in a common prison. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out. So, again, there is not a lock, there is not a jail, there is not a place where the Spirit of God cannot be. It's sometimes harder to sense the Spirit of God in desolate places, but the Spirit of God is there. And the apostles could not be contained. You couldn't jail the gospel. You couldn't uh, lock it up. You couldn't beat the apostles into submission because they boldly preached. And Peter said it this way in uh, verse 30, the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as the leader and savior to give repentance of Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. And again, um, the power of God, the power of the Holy Spirit took these simple fishermen and gave them a power and a purpose that they never could have imagined. Remember Peter, who denied Jesus three times, is now boldly preaching in the streets of Jerusalem without fear. Not fear of death, not fear of, of uh, uh, flogging, not, not afraid of imprisonment. And the Spirit of God is with them.